Welcome back to the Our Jockeys Podcast. I'm your esteemed host, David Arsenal. I have with me today, Seth Becker. We're doing a crossover episode talking to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. They have a podcast dedicated solely to recruiting. We're talking to them about how trucking can rebrand and how you can attract more Gen Z. All right, cool. Um, well, let's see here. Uh, why don't you guys start by introducing yourselves to our audience, then maybe we can introduce ourselves to your audience, unless that seems too formal. But why don't we start seems with that? Formal? formal? What the hell's that? <laughs> formal? That's what Go I did ahead. in high school. That's what I about to say. It's like a prom. Where you... do, you, do your thing, Cheeseman, and then we'll yeah, just... I'll do uh, my thing. Uh, we'll just Joel, Joel Cheeseman, that is my real name, not my stage name. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the online recruitment business uh, as a vendor slash pundit media solopreneur for 20 plus years. Uh, been doing this podcast called the Chad and Cheese podcast for five years. Um, we talk about uh, industry news, commentary, um, trends that are going on. Obviously, the great resignation is a big one uh, that everyone's talking about. Uh, that's, that's basically our show. We produce a weekly podcast, but, uh, we do a a myriad of shows, roughly about three shows per week. So we're churning out a lot of content. People would be amazed at how much stuff there is around hiring people. It's crazy. My name is Chad. I am the more, well, let's just say the hotter version of the Chad and cheese. Uh, I I lift (laughs) us up on the, on the hot quotient, uh, Uh, my weight brings us back down (laughs) i'm like that sandbag in the balloon (laughs) yeah been in the space for about 25 years long as joel's been in the space um we've taken different journeys but we've done some of the same things uh it's it's pretty incredible how we look at talent and, and we don't treat them. Everybody says the employer, the employee is the most important thing, although they're not willing to put the money into the oh, employee. Yeah. They're not willing to put the time into the employee, uh, the technology, all those things. That's what we talk about on a daily or pretty much on a daily basis, just about um, technologies, being able to take a look at workforce economics, which we don't look at in, in the in the breadth of, of, of business. We try to knock that out, talk about diversity, equity, inclusion. I mean, two white guys talking about that, believe it or not, we get some great guests to actually to learn us up on yep. those things. So we're all over the place. And we do talk to, you know, trucking. We've got uh, good friends that are actually here in Indianapolis at, at Driver Reach. Um, and, uh, you know, every now and again, we get a chance to, to, to kind of dive in with those guys uh, over a beer and find out what the hell's going on, you know, in the trucking industry. Cool. Well, I'm David Arsenal. I'm the VP of marketing here. And obviously this is my show and this is just a guest. Um, so all, all the attention towards me, please. Uh, no, but I've, I've been... Ours is only audio, David, so, you know, you don't have to worry about oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, just for everyone listening, I also am the hotness of the of the, of the duo here. Um, couple bald guys. Yeah. Okay. yeah I was going to say, you both, you both have the same thing, a bald guy and a guy with hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some facial hair. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> this is like looking in a mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been in marketing the whole time I've been here for 10 years, and... Uh, Originally, the marketing department worked with both the kind of the construction asset intelligence side of the company and the talent intelligence side. But for the last three years, I've been only recruiting 
uh, our team produces a lot of content solely around recruiting truck drivers. So it's uh, we do a bunch of different shows. We do a weekly report that Josh back here does where we talk about, you know, where's, what's the freight market looking like? What is the uh, demand on driver search? What's the demand on how many people are advertising for drivers? Things like that. And uh, everything is just driver recruiting for the most part. I mean, we delve into technicians here and there, but it's mostly we, you know, that's all we think about is how to recruit truck drivers better. What our company does is that's essentially it. I mean, it's more the advertising marketing side of it, but really we'll dive into any area that helps our drivers or helps our clients recruit drivers better. All right. So I'm Seth Becker and I've been in the recruiting space for about 17, 18 years. Um, 10 of that was in higher education and now um, the past seven years in truck driver recruiting. Um, so I'm excited to dive in with y'all and, and just um, you know, talk about some of the things that are going on because driver recruiting, it's, uh, it's never boring, boring, right? I mean, it seems to, to be constantly changing. In fact, I've been preparing for a presentation coming up in a few weeks and I was updating a presentation from only six months ago and it was crazy how many changes I had to make oh, yeah. just from a presentation six months ago. Um, and so he also he actually worked at yeah, Fleet for a long time too. Okay. Okay. So he well, he's, he's an insider. Gotcha. Yeah. So some where of are you guys located? Cheeseman, I just asked a question. Sorry. Back <laughs> off. What were those changes? You just talked about changes that were on a slide. Don't tease us, man. Tell yeah. us what, what the changes were. Yeah, what were the so the changes really were around um, that in in the past there being a shortage of drivers right and mm -hmm. then really in the last six months um the last few months when you take a look at the data there's more drivers now than there's ever been right and so it's uh it's interesting how that's changed and yet talking to fleets across the country it's not like they're saying hey we've got way too many right, right. They're, they're still needing more even though there's more um available than there's ever been so it, it's kind of interesting and since Are you guys not driving, go ahead. They're driving. Um, I think, you know, you guys mentioned the great resignation earlier. I think um, what we tend to see in this space is drivers, when, when the market seems to be slowing down, um, they look at additional options, right? Um, hey, I'm not moving as much as I used to be. Let me go see if there's something better out there. Or, hey, there's a really attractive sign-on bonus. Let me see what that's all about. Um, so I don't think that it's necessarily, necessarily um, true that they're available. It's just more looking is kind of right. my and reaction. You guys probably know this since you guys have that buddy from Driver Reach, but um the turnover rate for trucking, I don't know, what is it currently at? It depends on the size of the fleet, but we'll say, you know, around 90% is what your average, yes, your average turnover rate. So how many of those people are actually going to different freight lines versus actually just leaving the industry? Yeah. It's tough to put a percentage on it, but the vast majority are um, just going to a different fleet. Of course, there are some leaving, but... Um, I think it's less of that. What we've seen really the past year or so is individuals leaving companies, being a company driver to go venture out on their own. So buy a truck, essentially become their own company to take advantage of um, what used to be a really hot spot market is, is what we talk about. 
strikes me a lot of uh, nursing similarities where it's just a money thing and I'm jumping to different hospitals slash trucking companies. Some get out of it, you know, some take a break, some do other things. I mean, to me, there are a lot of similarities in those two professions. There is also the, um, the baby boomer exodus that's, I'm sure is affecting every industry, but it's the, the demographic for truck driver. There, there were a lot of baby boomer truck drivers that are leaving the industry too. So that's, but I guess if there's more available, there has to be more coming in enough to. Yeah. I mean, when we saw that big shortage, it was during those um, early days of, of COVID um, where things began to shut down in the schools that were training the truck drivers. There was actually a lot of closures. Right. And so you didn't have this this flood of new drivers coming in like or consistent um, flood of drivers coming in like we had in the past. Um, but now that those have reopened, um, and the pay has increased so significantly, it becomes a more attractive job than it was, you know, two years ago. So how much has the pay increased? Because we've obviously seen wage increases for, for other essential workers. And since, you know, individuals in trucking drivers specifically are, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about supply chain, which we've had huge issues with. How much, how much has their wage actually gone up? Yeah, when we look at the numbers, um, I would say about two years ago, you know, the average was around 55,000. And if you look at numbers now, they're, they're closer to around 85,000 uh, for averages. So that's, I mean, that's a nice $30,000 jump just in the past couple of years. But I mean, what, do you, what are you all seeing on your end? Um, outside of trucking, I mean, does that sound like that falls in line with what you're seeing or is that maybe even further ahead of, of uh, other industries? <laughs> Well, I mean, we've seen from other essential workers, I guess you could say, uh, huge pay bumps. But the reason being is there's been huge wage stagnation for decades. So this is, I mean, to be able to say that, you know, they, they're getting a $30,000 bump. Well, hell, they should have gotten that over the last decade or two decades or three decades or so. So, you know, to be happy about that, I, I just can't get happy about something that should have, you know, that, that should have already been in the bank and they should have been making money on. And when you're seeing that type of thing, how, how can you expect individuals to stay? I've also seen, you know, um, uh, advertisements and people, you know, saying pretty much false advertising that, you know, th there are $120,000 driving gigs, uh, but then you get into a seat and it's 50 grand, right? So, you know, again, there's there's the false advertising uh, in, in the markets and it, it just feels like the brand, the trucking brand in itself has done everything that it can to hurt itself. What do you think about that? I think it's getting, it, it does seem to be getting better. I, th I think slowly but surely, I think it's getting better. But what you actually brought up a really good point of like, it, and we've probably been guilty of this ourselves, that idea of like, I'm going to put what the absolute best driver with the longest tenure at my company makes to attract people. Mm -hmm. And then everybody comes in, they just feel they've been lied to. And I've seen some trucking companies do it much better where they are more transparent. And they say like the top 50% of our fleet make averages this and then like, and then our absolute top driver makes this. So it gives a, a better, like it's still aspirational, but it's not so mm -hmm. much like here's what the guy that lives out of his truck and never stops driving makes. It's like, this is, but yeah, I think, and to your point, uh, we've talked about this a, a million times about people getting a real commodity mindset around drivers and just thinking, well, it's like, as long as you can keep them for a certain amount of time, there's no real pain to the turnover. 
Like there, there's an equation there, and if we can keep them for a certain amount of time, there's no real pain. But I think what our clients have found and just the industry has found in general is there's an, a very hard to describe pain there of like you're building up your reputation over time and you're just making it harder and harder and that the investment and treating drivers well and investing in them makes monetary sense over time. I think it's interesting that you said commodity. And I think beyond, beyond the money, it, when you say boomers are still involved, you know, Chad and I are, are kids of the 70s. Trucking used to be cool, man. Trucking was like BJ and the bear. You had a monkey in the passenger seat. You had a CB, <laughs> like truck stops were cool. Uh, it was sort of this independent yes. lifestyle. Like people wanted to be a trucker, man. I remember being, you know, seven years old thinking that's a cool job. We're so far from those days. I mean, on some point there, there needs to be a, a branding, a rebrand of what trucking is. And I think there's maybe some of that, but the, the Hollywood, you know, romanticized truck driver is dead. And I think beyond the money, it'd be nice if trucking sort of re-embraced that cool, independent, you know, rugged, free, you know, open road right. uh, yeah. culture, uh, because they, they have strayed way far from that. Well, and think- they've let, they've let companies like Uber and DoorDash yeah. kind of capture that, you know, high tech independence, freewheeling spirit. Uh, trucking needs to get that back, man. I don't know how, but uh, it'd be nice if they did. I think that's one of the biggest complaints that drivers have now is that it is less independent because there's so much technology that monitors how they drive, when they drive, you know, cameras in the, in the, in the, yeah, so, sure. And that might be why people want to get their own truck, right? <laughs> right. Right. Get out from the monitor, my hall monitor, do well, my own thing. That was also a big thing that contributed to there's lots of drivers, but but fleets were still feeling the uh, the hurt was that because spot rates were the way were the way they were in 2021, so many drivers said, "I'm just going to go do this on my own because it's easy to make money doing this." So there was a like 30 percent more startup fleets within that year than I don't remember the exact number. Someone's going to tell me that I'm wrong, which I probably am. But um, there was it, way more people decided to become owner operators during that time, which. You know, and I I agree, and this may get us down the wrong rabbit trail, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, I'm always trying to tell our clients because I tend to think on the marketing side and I like creative and all that kind of stuff. I don't get into the nitty gritty of technology as much. Is that idea that people are emotional and make emotional decisions. And so the way that you attract people to the place you work is through the emotional side of things. And it's like you're saying, it's like, that idea of, you know, having a life on the road and being independent and making a good living, like that's where they should be, but it tends to be more like feature and benefit type stuff. Yeah. I love Joel bringing up the, uh, the seventies references. Cause I automatically think, uh, uh, smoking the bandit. Yeah. Right. I mean, just so cool. It's so awesome. And now we're here. All we're hearing is podcasts of, uh, truck driving serial killers for God's sakes. It seems like, <laughs> it seems like we just, need to get the brand back but it's hard to get the brand back when you're treating your people like right well let I mean, me ask that's, you this. that's almost impossible you talked about four white guys talking about diversity um yeah <laughs> what about four boomers talking about how to make it attractive for gen z what do we <laughs> what do we uh <laughs> what do you do you think that what you were talking about like that independent rugged would that still resonate with a with a newer audience do you think well, autonomy autonomy means everything especially to gen z and i mean even to gen xers i mean 
they, there's nothing that I love more than just being able to do what I want to do. Right. And I think that's a human thing, but it's definitely a Gen Xer thing. I mean, last key kids. I mean, we, we grew up pretty much on our own. I mean, we're just used to that. Now we got the man telling us we can only do 55. That's bull. Right. Um, so, I mean, o- overall, I think this is about autonomy. The hard part about that is for big companies is they have all these measures in place, as you'd said, technology to be able to not allow that autonomy because with autonomy is also risk, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to cut down the risk. So my question is not, not to, not to get away from Gen Z. We'll get back there. When do we go autonomous? I mean, that really for the, for, for the big haulers, is is where they want to go it's almost like jeff bezos and his warehouses he doesn't want people in those things right he wants robots in them and i guarantee you every single freight guy that's out there other than spending all the money on the autonomous vehicles he would love to be able to get rid of the risk and just let it go on autopilot what do you what do you think yeah it seems like every conference i've been to in the past five years has brought brought up you know autonomous vehicles and every time somebody talks about it, they then followed up with, I think we're still 10, 20 years off though, right? But because it's such a hot topic and, and everybody talks about it, I think it scares younger drivers to go, why would I get myself in an industry where I'm going to become irrelevant? So yeah. I do believe yeah. that we're still probably 10 years off from that, but um, I don't know. It, it is scary to think about like, hey, I'm, I'm going to invest all this time energy into this career, but is there really a career path right. here for me? And we know, I mean, we hear a lot about Gen Z, career path is a big deal, right? Having that ability to get in somewhere, move up, um, have a title change, all of that. But um, yeah. I don't know what Especially are your Especially when are. They, have, they have options. Well, right. You know, it's, it's not like they're stuck in it. If, oh, this is gonna, not going to be around in 10 years. I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. They have options. One thing, uh, I don't know how you would frame this as far as making this more attractive, but, you know, my uncle is a pilot. He was a pilot for Delta, I think, for a long, long time. And he mm-hmm. told me for the past 10 years, it's been complete autopilot. Like the, the planes take off by themselves, they land themselves, they do everything. And you could, the pilots could get up and walk around the cabin, but that they keep, you know, the pilots stay there because no one wants to see their pilot just up walking around. But so <laughs> I would say that even if the, the trucks are autonomous, they're going to have pilots per se, in the truck for a while. They're not going to mm. be just, you know, manless. They'll just be, someone won't have to necessarily have hands on the wheel the whole time, which which is pretty exciting. If, if it would be really attractive to me to think about, I would have all this free time. I'm just monitoring this vehicle and then I have all this other free time to listen to the Chad and Cheese podcast and, you know, read books. And, <laughs> or code. Yeah. Yeah. Code. I yeah. mean, you, you, literally, you could be you could be a you know a driver or you know somebody who's watching the autonomous driver drive. Yeah. Um, and then sit in the back seat and code for goodness sakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, which could be one could be the the side hustle, the other one be the full time. Uh, how would you? I'm not. Maybe that's not. I was going to think. I'm not sure how you would use that information in any <laughs> constructive way, but I I do think there'll be someone in the vehicle for a long time. Well, I, overall, I think this still goes back to being sexy, yeah. having a brand and, you know, back to the back to the seventies, which is, I mean, <laughs> bell bottom jeans, they came back. Yeah, sure. um, I mean, so it's one of those things where it's like, you have to own your brand. The thing is, and we see many companies, not just trucking companies, every company that we talk to, 
has, for the most part, a shitty application process and they throw candidates into a black hole. So they have a bad brand now after decades of, of treating individuals like, you know, trash, just throwing them in the black hole. Now they are focused. And over the last few years, they've become very focused on their brand and their experience and wanting to try to win them back. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, this is something that I, I don't know that the trucking industry has even thought of. But, you know, to, to try to hearken back to those days, to, to bell bottoms and, and, and disco uh, and, and actually have somebody, something that somebody cares and wants to do, uh, I, I, that to me seems like step one, at least. Yeah. So I'd love to hear um, if there's things being done in other industries, what, what could the, the trucking industry learn from some others that are doing, doing it really well? Yeah, because well, we I definitely have part of it is. Yeah. Well, not just all of them, but <laughs> there's. Part of the thing is how wide, how, how wide of an editor are you casting? And if we're talking about the 70s, uh, I had a Farrah Fawcett poster in my room. <laughs> I don't know in terms of recruiting women, you know, div diverse, you know, diverse candidates. Um, my question to you would be how, how big is that net? And is trucking doing as good a job as they can to appeal to women? Because I've heard stories about, you know, truck stops don't have showers for females or like the locking mechanisms on trucks are the same uh, per truck. I mean, so there are issues that may not as men we ever think about, but that will keep women or other, um, you know, folks away from the profession. Has that been sort of addressed? I would not say and. Seth will have more on this. I would not say they're doing the best they could. I have seen a lot of improvement in my 10 years and that it, it comes up frequently. How do we get more women into trucking? How do we make it better for them? I'd say it's come up at every event I've been to in the last four or five years. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's being there's progress being made, but it's still not leaps and bounds, right? It's not this um, big shift that's happened. It's been slow, uh, but at least it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think you were talking about, are there any companies that are out there doing, you know, strides and branding and whatnot? We, we talked about, I think it was a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago, Joel, uh, we talked about the Mod Pizza and their uh, yeah. new advertising campaign where they're showing all of these individuals who are making pizza, delivering pizzas and all these things. And, and it is a diverse workforce. Uh, they've got a, they've got a brand that they're pushing behind it. And it's, it's pushing the product, but it's also pushing the people. And that is, that to me was just really the leap that we needed to see for companies or one of the leaps that this brand needed to make to be able to demonstrate that, Hey, we're more than just, you know, a pizza in the box. And uh, the, the big issue that some, that some had was uh, one of the individuals had an ankle bracelet on. Right. So it was like, we, everybody, doesn't matter. We want you to be a part of, we want you to be a part of uh, Mod Pizza. Come work for us, eat our pizza, that kind of thing. And it almost seems like, you know, we, we, we need to see the same type, at least of slowly push or even quick warp speed push uh, from the actual trucking industry. I don't know if it can happen as an industry or it has to work line by line. What, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think the, because there is such a high turnover rate and, you know, when you have empty trucks, there's always, I think you tend to focus on the short wins. And so I think what I hear from a lot of clients, as opposed to thinking about what exactly is our brand, what do drivers say about us and how can we leverage that for the greatest effect? It tends to be like, 
what are other fleets doing that work? Like what pay gets noticed, what ads get noticed, we're just gonna do exactly what they do because we know it works and there's not, it's hard, I, it would be hard to sell internally, we need to take a step back, look at who, what our brand is and redesign everything around that idea. I think it's worth it, but I think the problem is just that turnover so high, freight's getting missed, we gotta just get leads in the door. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of parody, right? right. I, I mean, when you look at the ads themselves, you know, a uh, picture of a truck driver or a truck in the background, um, all kind of talking about the same things. And we all talk about wanting to stick out and do something different, um, but you don't see it that often, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, employer brand. I would, I would love to see, you know, I drive, I drive on the freeway as much as any other person. And, and I continually see trucks with, we're hiring or X amount per dollar, you know, per mile. I've never, and I would notice because I do this for a living. I would totally notice if it was a female talking about how great the job is and, and why it's, you know, good for her or someone that's of diverse uh, diversity. So I, I agree. I agree that you, the industry is probably stuck in this rut of like, Oh, every ad has to have this kind of guy, you know, the, the truck needs to be coming over the hill at sunset, you know, to show how that works and how much money, um, it seems like there's a lot of zagging and, and when somebody needs to zig, somebody needs to go like sort of the other direction to make it work in a different way. Yeah. I, and I do think a lot of them, I think a lot of them have tried it to some, or not a lot. I say a few have tried it to success and I think a lot of them would love to, but I think they just like most people, they just get caught up in the whirlwind of, I don't have time to think about that. They don't see the, I believe in the long-term effect of that. That's, I think that's the most important thing you could be doing, but it's hard to sell that internally. It's just like, we gotta get drivers in as quickly as possible. The problem is you're not fixing the thing that makes the drivers leave as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, well the, the thing is you can do, you can chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. There's no reason why you can't have somebody focus tactically on what's happening day to day and then have strategically, you know, this whole branding, this messaging, all of this changing and then an integration of that. I mean, it's it, it seems like it's an excuse. They want to provide an excuse for not doing anything and then bitching and moaning because things aren't changing. Well, right. they're not changing because you're not changing it. Right. It's fairly simple. Why don't we... Because we're we're already thirty minutes in, uh, mm. this is going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> why don't we each? I, I, I'm a principal guy. You sound like surprised. <laughs> you sound really surprised. I was sure about this Chad. interview is going. I was not so sure well. about Cheeseman. Um, <laughs> all those paternity suits you're talking about. Um, hey, what? <laughs> now, so watch. Uh, all right, so we have. Uh, <laughs> Now this is going to be my brand in the trucking industry. I'm going to be like everyone's going to know Cheeseman is the paternity. I'm going, to, I'm going to be the guy that's fathered, you know, hundreds of kids. Unbelievable. Oh, It'd be like that. That Netflix, I can't show my uh, face in a truck stop ever again. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. So Sorry. I'm. I like principle. I like say like what is the what are the guiding principles? I like to think in terms of like overarching idea. So mm -hmm. since you guys are in recruiting, we're in recruiting. Let each person say what they think like the most important principle of being great at recruiting is. Why don't you start, Cheeseman, since we since we were so mean to you? What is the guiding principle of recruitment? Yeah. Um, Which there's probably many, but what's kind of the I mean, most I'll, you important? know, I uh, my grandfather was a, a big uh, 
he was into fishing and so many rules of being a successful fisherman or woman um, are really relevant to recruiting. So if you want to catch fish, are you fishing in a, in a lake that has fish and how many fish and are you, what bait are you using? Right? So the similarities are where are you're, where are you marketing? Are you marketing to folks that are going to hear your message? Are you sourcing folks that are relevant to, to what you're hiring for? What is your messaging around that? I mean, we talk a lot about employment brand and brand in, in our, on our show and a lot of companies, like we said, think tactically. I need X, Y, and Z today. What am I, what am I going to do to find that mm -hmm. and go find it? But being big picture and, and sort of like, okay, yes, we know what we need, but how do we increase that funnel to get more people in the door, more people interested in what we're doing? Um, and I think thinking strategically um, is a big part of success in recruiting. The fishing metaphor is right up my alley. I am obsessed with fishing. <laughs> He um, was a bluegill guy for what it's worth. Bass. I'm a bass guy. I actually fished a tournament yesterday. Um, <laughs> all right, Chad, what's yours? It's simple. It's human first. We're not treating the, the, the humans that actually do all of the work. They develop product. They drive the trucks. I mean, what we actually need to drive business forward are human beings. Until we have robots who can do it all, sorry, sucker, you've got to be good to the humans. And until you actually focus on human first, types of strategies and day-to-day -day operations, then get somebody who can. Can that son of a bitch, get rid of them, get somebody who cares about the actual people. Once you do that, guiding principle, that should be principle number one in every business, not just trucking, but it sounds like trucking needs that more than ever. All right, Seth, what's yours? What, you yeah. kind of did a presentation. Yeah, <laughs> you know what mine's gonna be. Um, and it's uh, be the easy choice. And that means a lot of different things. That that goes to making the process easy because can't, competition is so high um, that you've got to make this process very easy for somebody to move through it with you. Um, but it also, so that's physical effort, but then there's also this mental and emotional effort too where you've got to make that easy. And because once again, competition is so high, how do you make it easy for the driver to compare and see you know, what are the most, the things that are most important to him or her? Make that, that easily um, available so they can compare that to what, what else is out there, right? Um, so both physical and emotional, make that easy for them to make that choice. Mine would be, mine's kind of a combination of what Chad and Seth said, but mine is kind of like, I need a better way of articulating it. But essentially it's like uh, using, using your own empathy, like empathize with who you're trying to reach would be it. Like empathize with you're trying to reach. Like ask yourself, would this be, I see so many marketers and recruiters do stuff that wouldn't be attractive to themselves. It's like, would you want to click that ad? Would you actually want to go through that process? Does, do you like the, would you want to go through orientation? We had, I don't think this happens near as much, but uh, when drivers would come in for orientation, they would make them share hotel rooms with other drivers that were coming into <laughs> orientation that they were complete strangers. It's like, would you want yourself, would you want to do that? We are maybe even better. Would you want your son or daughter to have to do that? And, and even if it goes to like, when you're like scrolling through your phone or something, how many times do we like, something doesn't have PayPal available or some sort of convenience that we're so used to using. And so we abandon it right away. And then we'll put together these recruiting campaigns and it's like, you need to print out this PDF, fill it out, 
and then fax it back to us or scan it and then email it. It's like, you would never do that. Why would you expect your audience to? So mine's like, use empathy. Who owns a fax anyway? Yeah, I know. Who owns a fax? That was probably fax? an extreme example, but it's the, the idea of like, you know, do what you would like. What what would you want to see? What what would be attractive to you? And use that for how you try to reach. But it's kind of we're all saying the same thing. Is that like they're humans, you know? Well, is there anything else you guys would want to cover before we jumped off here? Chad and Cheese Podcast. Very very simple. Chadcheese.com, baby. All right. I think that about covers it. What to listen to, where to find it. Excellent. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate it. Maybe we can do this again. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> right, we then. out. See ya. We out. All right. See ya. <laughs>